infidel. Eight months in solitary confinement. Interrogate. The story of honor. The story of amazing love. The story of resurrection. This is a traitor to Islam. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, wow. Infidel. They just tried to wake you up. Okay. Uh, my name is Daniel Messiah. Uh, my real name was Muhammad Kamel. Not Kamel with a C, but with a K. And uh, I born in a Muslim family, and uh, I never have uh, any thought to be a Christian. And uh, I put my story in this book, Traitor, and uh, it's available for you. We have few uh, copies today, but it's available in all major uh, 50 bookstores. And the funny thing about uh, the book, uh, after I speak in churches sometimes, uh, what happened in Philly, Philadelphia, I was uh, sharing in uh, Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia, and uh, a lady, she worked at uh, the TSA uh, in the airport of Philly. Uh, she doesn't have a time to talk to me after she got the book, but she got impacted by the book and uh, what uh, uh, work in my life and uh, she loves the book. I'm not saying that because it's my book, but uh, I receive a lot of uh, uh, emails, letter, how even pastors for churches, they got uh, impacted and they change their uh, vision and perspective about sharing the gospel with other people. And this lady, she didn't get a chance to to meet with me, she was uh, hurry to go to her work. She grabbed the book, and she started sharing the story with her friends. And guess what? She's working at the uh, TSA in the airport, and I was traveling from Philly to Las Vegas to speak in Las Vegas. And uh, I went through security, and I put everything in my pocket in this small plate, and she recognized my card, Daniel Messiah, opens the gate, she starts screaming at the airport. I can't believe it, Daniel Messiah, I got your book, I'm sharing your story. And she's, she was very loud, and I tried to let her cool down because I am Egyptian, I didn't want it. people think I have a bomb or something, you know, with me in the airport. Usually in the airport when they asking me what's your nationality, I will never say Egyptian, I will say I'm Mexican, you know. <laughs> Egyptian name is not that good after 9-11, but uh, I will share some of my story and uh, uh, how God brought me uh, from the darkness of Islam to the light of Jesus Christ. And uh, the Lord called me to a ministry, and I called the ministry, Open the Gates ministry. How many of you heard 
Egyptians are the funniest people in Middle East. I like those guys. Yeah, they are the funniest people. Yeah, you can ask any Middle Eastern person who are the funniest people in Middle East. They will tell you Egyptian. They like uh, our accent. They like our uh, actor. We have the famous actors. You remember Omar Sharif? Yeah, he's Egyptian. You know, and uh, uh, he was the first uh, Egyptian actor in Middle East came to state and they, boom, put him in the big screen. But try to ask people from Middle East, they will tell you yeah, Egyptians are the funniest people. And I will share with you a true story happened, if you didn't believe me. Uh, I was in Spain uh, for uh, a year as a missionary, training other missionaries on how they witness to Muslim. And uh, the Lord put in my heart to take 500 Bible in my trunk to take it over to Morocco, from Spain to Morocco. It's really very short distance with the boat and uh, with, with the car too. And I told one of the missionary, I, I, I have a friend of mine, hey, come on, let us take those uh, Bibles to Morocco. He said, you crazy? Uh, 500 Bible? If they search your car, we will be in prison. I told them, don't be a chicken. Come on. You know, you are, you are an American. What is the worst case scenario? They will send you back to America. But I'm Egyptian at that time, and uh, they will arrest me. Come on. And I pushed him to the car, and he found himself driving with me to Morocco. And we start approaching the border. And soldiers with guns stopping every car, searching every car coming through the border. And I stopped, you know, to talk with, the, with one of the soldiers. And he told me, where are you from? I told him, I'm from Egypt. Immediately he said, tell me a joke. <laughs> they know we are funny people. And you can imagine, put yourself in my situation. Uh, I wanted this guy to laugh because I have 500 Bible in my trunk. And I stopped praying. I said, Lord, give me a joke. <laughs> and I remember one, I shared it with him, and the guy started laughing and laughing, and he told the other soldier, open the gates to this guy. And uh, the gates was open, and guess what? My car started going through, and I am looking at my friend, and his face is red, blue, all kind of colors. And we took those 500 Bible and we gave it in the street uh, of Morocco. And uh, we experience the power and the coverage of God. God can use even a joke to help us to reach 500 Moroccan people. And uh, that's how I brought the name Open the Gates to the ministry. And let us watch this video. Open the gates. This is what we do uh, uh, in the state, in uh, Europe, in Africa. One, two, three. This is in Africa.
for me to go to heaven. You put your trust in Jesus, you will go to heaven. I wanted you to do. I wanted you to stand and start shouting when I count three like those African dead. And I will record you because I promise them every church I go to, I will ask them, is God like they did? And I told them Americans are very powerful when they come to praise. And uh, I, I will ask you to stand on your feet. Don't be shy, you know. And uh, when I count three, I wanted you to shout, to make noise, and don't worry about the building. They have insurance in case it falls down because you praises. But I wanted you to show the African because I'm there every year. And I will play this video in their conference uh, next year. And shout, you can do whatever you want it to do. It's your time. And, uh, okay, one, two, three. <laughs> You can see, wow, you're really strong. <laughs> Pastor Barak, you have a wonderful church here. And I wanted you to do that. When you see a mosque, or when you're driving or walking, go around the mosque and shout, praise the Lord. They will kill you, but that's okay. <laughs> you, you know where you're going, right? You're going to heaven, right? Yeah, sometimes I look to Christian and say, why are you afraid of, of dying? You know? Why are you afraid of sharing about Jesus, about your faith? You know, what is the worst case scenario? They will kill you. That's fine. You will be in God's presence. You will be with the Lord Jesus. Amen? No fear after today. You need to go and share the gospel with your friends, your neighbor, in school, in college. And don't worry about anything because your life in the hand of Jesus. And Jesus said, whoever touch you, he is touching my eyes. You can imagine Jesus encouraging us in the Bible and many times 
Do not be afraid. And uh, Lon Chapel, you are the winner so far. You know, I went to too many churches before here, but so far you shake the building. And uh, you can visit our website, Open the Gates Ministry or OpenTheGates.org, and get one of our newsletter. And uh, I wanted to thank you and thank Pastor Barack and uh, your church, you guys, because you're supporting the ministry and uh, praying for us. What we really need is your prayers and asking God for protection over us, over my family, over my children, because we're going to places it's very, very dangerous. And uh, we know God is covering us. And we appreciate your partnership with Open the Gates and pray for us, pray that God will uh, send uh, all resources we need to spread the gospel to Muslim people. And uh, this Christmas, every Christmas, we preparing boxes, and uh, the boxes, it, it has one my wife did called Anna Maria, the fruit of the spirit. And guess what? The second doll looks like me. <laughs> and immediately when she showed it to me, I said, that's me. You know? And we have verses, John 10, 16, in the back of this guy here. And it said, I have other sheep. They are not from this flock. I must bring them. And those dolls will go to the Muslim uh, young girls and boys. And my wife did this book called Anna Maria, the Fruit of the Spirit. And the box will have a lot of uh, other toys. Uh, pray that we can usually every year we spread spreading like between 200 but this year we praying for four 500 boxes and uh, the box will cost 25 dollars if you can pray for it if god put in your heart we have a partnership uh, sheet in the back and we appreciate your support to the muslim children, especially the Syrian refugees. And the wife called this doll, uh, hey man, uh, because there is a funny story happened to me in the airport again. Uh, I was coming from Spain to America this time, and in the airport I saw American people greet each other, hey man, hey man. I thought they saying amen, and I got excited. I said, wow, praise the Lord. All Americans are Christian. They greet each other, amen, amen. And I'm thinking this is amen. And I landed in Michigan because I was invited to be assistant pastor in Michigan among thousands and thousands of Muslims. And I saw the same people, American people, greet each other, hey man, hey man, but bad words in between. 
I, I said, wow, this is weird Christianity here. You know, they're saying amen, amen, and bad words in between. Anyway, uh, my wife decided to call this doll, hey man, amen. You know, and we have this verse in the back. Uh, you can get more information from our website or when you uh, leave today. I wanted you uh, to open on Second King 7, Second King 7. And while you're getting your way in the Bible, wanted to share with you also that uh, God giving us a TV ministry. And we are on 338 channel spreading the gospel to Muslim countries and nation. And uh, we praying that we will go through all the satellite available to go to many, many places. And we will skip uh, some of the video just to go to the rock. Uh, and 338 channel. I don't know if you uh, would see it. Yeah, this is the building uh, we uh, got new building to run the ministry from. And as you see, by the way, your church helped uh, in supporting uh, the down payment, some of the down payment and other churches. And, but you see how God sent many people to help us in the ministry. And now we own this building and we, a Bible college, uh, Calvary Bible College. And the first class was last Monday, this month, last Monday, and the opening day, we have over 24 students. And uh, our prayers is to equip pastors, students, to go to do the work God is calling them, to equip them for life and ministry. And uh, again, if... If God put in your heart to sponsor a student, you know, each student, we're praying that we get uh, $100 a month for every student. If God puts that in your heart, again, you have the sheet outside. Pray and see what the Lord leading you. Next one. Next one. This is what we did last year. Even under Praise the Lord, COVID. my friends. Thank you so much, churches, individuals, for your support and your prayers for Christmas operation for Syrian this is the refugees we do every and year. other kids to bring the joy of Christmas to them. As you see, this is old and the truck inside is full and we sent over uh, 70 gifts to San Diego, to California, to bless the Syrian refugees. We love you. We need your prayer. And again, we can't do it without you. Love you guys. And Merry Christmas. In fact, my feeling today, it's a Christmas. When I met some of you down the stairs, you guys are greeting each other like Christmas is here which is, is very great, you know. 
and uh, pray again and be part of what God is doing among Muslim people. Next one. Those are the 33, uh, 338 channel. And uh, the name of the channel is varaksat.com. Varaksat.com. You can see it from any uh, network. You know, if you have one of those boxes, uh, those connected to satellite, uh, you can watch it. It's in Arabic and Sunday in English. And we have many pastors uh, are sharing their message with subtitle Arabic uh, for the whole sermon. Next one. Those are people in, in, in Middle East coming by the South. I was, uh, I was uh, praying for a name for the TV channel, and the Lord told me, call it The Rock. Because in Daniel chapter 2, when Nebuchadnezzar saw the image uh, in his dream, at the end of the chapter 2, a rock came and hit the image and destroyed the image. And God told me in the spirit, I will use your channel to destroy uh, and to put many, many uh, statues down. And we're starting with Islam, because Islam is a big statue. As we know, you know, uh, Middle East and many, many countries for 1,400 years, they are captive and they are under the power of the sword of Islam. And it's time, church, to see how God wanted and need his church to crack the image of Islam. Uh, many, many Muslims are captive in Middle East because of Islam. They didn't have the freedom you enjoying here. If any Muslim try to convert or to believe in Jesus in Egypt, he will be under penalty. And it can be dying in, after three days if he didn't renounce his faith in Christ. And uh, as a Muslim background, uh, and study the Sharia law, and I studied the Quran since I was seven years old, and I was dedicated Muslim, since seven years old, going to the mosque with my dad, praying five times a day, and staying at the mosque until the end. And we shout after the imam, the Muslim imam, shouting and saying, death to America, death to the Jew. And the imam starts saying, uh, uh, 
uh, Lord, destroy Christianity, destroy Christian, make their wives widows, make their kids orphaned, and everybody saying, Amen, Amen, after this Imam. That's what Islam is built on. Fear and killing. There is no love in Islam. And the Muslim try to uh, play propaganda, big propaganda, saying Islam is a peaceful religion. Islam is not a peaceful religion. Because how Islam started in Egypt. Egypt was a Christian nation. How Islam came to Iraq, to Lebanon, uh, to Syria, to Jordan, to Iraq. How Islam came to uh, those countries by the sword. It is not a peaceful religion. You know, uh, don't listen to your media. Don't uh, uh, listen to our liberal government when they, you know, try to play politically correct. Islam is built on fear. On fear, that's why the covering woman. Woman under Islam, the husband can beat her to death. And you can go to see uh, in our TV channel, because we're exposing the true Islam is. Islam has been covered by the veil, but the true Islam under the veil is what the teaching of the Quran is saying. Today I will not talk too much about this, but I will share with you how God loves Muslims. God loves Muslims. And God is appearing to many Muslims, millions of Muslims in Egypt, through vision and dreams. You know, I go from country to country, uh, in Middle East, in uh, many, many places. And I saw and I hear stories how Jesus appeared to Muslims. A couple of years ago, in San Diego, I was scheduled to speak in College Avenue, Baptist San Diego, and I received a call a week before. They're telling me we have this guy here in the church. We didn't know, we didn't understand what he need, what he wanted us to do. And I talked with him in Arabic. I speak seven languages from Middle East and some accent in Middle East. And uh, I, I told her, I told the receptionist, put him on the phone, I started talking to him, and I found out this guy is the son of the Saudi uh, ambassador in Saudi Arabia. And he was in San Diego, and uh, he saw Jesus in a vision, and he got scared, and uh, I told him, hey, come next week, I will be at the same church, and uh, I will take you for lunch and we can talk. I didn't tell him everything about myself. And at lunch, I'm trying to make the story short, at lunch I start showing him from the Quran and from the Bible that Jesus is God. And Jesus came to die for him. And Jesus loves him. And I shared my story with him and I saw in his eyes he ready 
to accept Christ. I told them, do you like to accept Christ in your heart? He said, yeah, what I need to do. I said, just close your eyes and repeat after me. And I said, Lord Jesus. He doesn't want Jesus. I said, what happened? He said, because Jesus is a prophet in Quran. You know, he's not God. You said, Lord Jesus. I told them, let me open the Quran. I will show you that Jesus is God. And I show him the verses in the Quran. He said, wow, okay, go, go ahead, pray. I said, Lord Jesus. He said, Lord Jesus, forgive my sin. And he doesn't want it to say, forgive my sin. I said, what happened now? He said, because in Islam, there is no forgiveness of sin. And I start again showing him from the Bible this time that Jesus loves him and he came and died for his sin. He said, okay, okay, go ahead, pray. And I start praying. This prayer took me an hour, you know, which usually takes two, three minutes to lead someone to Christ. But this guy accepted Christ, and guess what? We baptized him at La Jolla Shore, and this is the son of Saudi Arabian ambassador, and they tried to kill him. You know, now, if Islam is built on fear, <laughs> what is the problem? Let, let the guy uh, believe whatever he believes. But Islam is not built on peace. You know, Islam conquered Middle East by the sword. Like I said, Egypt was a Christian nation. Lebanon, Christian nation. Iraq, a Christian nation. A Christian, all of the Middle East. But the army of Muslims starts surrounding all of those countries. And according to the Quran, they give them three choices. And I wanted you to hear it carefully. Don't let anybody deceive you. You know, uh, you learning stuff, it's not revealed that open before. And I think it's the time to expose evil and to show truth to people. Those Islamic armies surround every Christian nation. They know they are peaceful nation. Christians are peaceful. Love your enemy. Pray for your enemy. Muslim understands this. They surrounded them and gave them three choices. Islam, or we kill you, or you pay taxes and live under Sharia law. Those are the three conditions for a Christian to live under a Muslim government. And that's what they try to do even in America. They're forcing Sharia law, and you never know what they're doing behind the scene. And that's written in the Quran, chapter 9, verse 29. If anyone watching us does not believe that, go review the Quran, chapter 9, 29. It said, kill Christian and Jew if they didn't submit to the religion of Allah, which means Islam. And it's very clear. I don't know how people cannot understand, you know, stuff clear like this. And that's what I was living under. I was born a Muslim from a Muslim family, dedicated Muslim. I never know anything about Christianity. And do you know why? Because I have a Christian friend. He was a chicken. He was a chicken. He never shared anything with me. 
For 12 years, I know this guy. You know, I talk with him about Islam, you know, and he never told me, Jesus loves you, Muhammad. He never gave me a Bible. For 12 years, he sleep in my house, sleep in his home. We have good relationship as, as friends. And I didn't know anything about Christianity. What I know is what I see in the movie, in Hollywood. And my favorite time was Clint Eastwood. And you can understand what Christianity in my mind, how I view Christianity from Clint Eastwood. This guy killing people, drinking, and a woman with bikini around him, and all of this stuff, that's making me thinking this is Christianity. Why I will join Christian? Why I will be a Christian? That's how Muslims view Christianity. You know, it's like you sometimes as a Christian view Muslim as suicide bomber. And you're afraid of all Muslims. But I'm telling you, not all Muslims are suicide bomber. They are lovely people. Many of them lovely people. Many of them peacefully. And do you know why? Because they never follow the Quran. But if they follow the Quran, they will become ISIS. They following, they following the Sharia Allah in the Quran. But if a Muslim does not read the Quran, he is safe. He's a normal person. You know? And uh, this, this Christian chicken friend, he never shared anything with me. And one day I decided to make fun and the Christian. Because for me, Islam is the religion of Allah, is the religion of peace. Our Islam is, is the best religion, came to human being. When I look at Hollywood and what Christians do, you know, let me ask you a question because sometimes I feel I need to be honest with you. When was the last time you told someone Jesus loves you? When last time you met someone in the grocery store and told them, hey, take this Bible. It will change your life. When was the last time? It hurt me until every time I share my story, this guy hide, hide the good news from me. And that's what I wanted you to see in 2 King 7 Nine. If you read it with me, four, four lovers. They said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. Four lovers telling each other, we are not right, church. We are not doing right. Why? Because today is the day of good news. And we remain chicken. If I take silence, I will put chicken. We are afraid to, to share the gospel. We are afraid to share the good news with other people, with friends. If we wait 
until morning light, some punishment will take upon us or will come upon us. This is not my word. Don't get offended. This is God's word. I'm just telling you what your Bible is telling you. Today is the day of what? Good news. God wanted you to be part of his good news. Not only in Christmas buying gifts and singing Christmas songs and, you know, it's every day in your life. When you see someone, pray and say, Lord, use me to touch his life or to touch her life. Don't let a day pass without sharing the gospel. You know, I made my commitment every day to share the gospel with 10 people. I will not sleep after I became Christian. Because I found out, wow, my friend, you know, if God did not intervene in my life, I would be lost. I would be bearish. I would go to hell. Because my best friend hide the good news from me. And I told them, take me to, to your church. But my intention really to make fun of, of him and the Christian. And when I went to the church, I was waiting to see the stuff Clint, uh, uh, Clint is toward doing, like, you know, drinking and doing bad stuff in the church. Nothing happened. I, I got disappointed, you know. I didn't see a woman with a bikini. I said, that's weird, you know. And while we are going back home, I told him, how you guys pray? He said, this is, my, this is the prayer we, we say. He gave me the Lord's Prayer. I took the Lord's Prayer. I went to his room at that time, and I said, let me read the prayer, and maybe I catch something and mock Christian from the prayer. I was studying deep in Quran, you know, and I never thought Christianity has what I found later. And he gave me the Lord's Prayer. I took the Lord's Prayer and I start reading the first line, Our Father in Heaven. I start laughing. I said, God is my Father? Those people are really crazy. You call him Godfather? I open the window and I start talking with God. You are my daddy. I can call you Baba, Abba in Arabic. And while I'm mocking this prayer, Boom! The Lord Jesus' presence in my room. Jesus came and he hugs me. I felt him hugging me with his arm and his face next to my face. And he whispered in my ear, Yes, I am your daddy. I am your father. This is break me and cry. Wow, this is what I was thinking. They are evil. Jesus is bad. And he is my daddy. And I felt his love around me. I never felt God's love like this night. And like I told you, God is appearing. And since the last five, six years ago, 
through vision and dreams to Muslim. Do you know why? Just think about it. Yeah, they are honest to know the true God is. But there is another reason. Making God appear in vision and dreams. The church is silent. Do you think God will let Muslim perish? If we are unfaithful, the Bible said, he still be faithful. And that's what God doing in Middle East. You know, even in Afghanistan today, just whatever happened a couple of months ago when our troop uh, pulled from Afghanistan, thousands of Afghanistani people accepted Christ. Thousands are coming to know the Lord. I'm telling you, five million in Egypt alone became Christian. You know, and uh, you can go to my website, you will see video of churches full of Muslim. Thousand, 70,000 they gather in a cave church, Christian, and, and worship God for 24 hours in a Muslim nation. And they didn't fear any death or any, anything that Muslim can threat them anymore. God is moving, and he wanted to encourage you to be partner with him. Start share the gospel with other people around you. Because the, the Bible said, if we remain silent, did you catch it from the verse? Punishment will take over us. You know your freedom, my friend? It will not last that long. Today is the day of good news. Today, you need to go from this church. You go to any people in your territory, in your circle. Tell them Jesus loves you. Jesus wanted to save you. Jesus died for your sin. Jesus wanted to make you a new person in Christ. You're watching the guy who preaching to you tonight? I was Muslim. This is the power of God, changing Muslim. How about Christian? God changed Christians. It, it's, it's one word. Believe and you will receive. Believe and you receive. I cried that night because I never know God loves me. I wake up the second day and I start go to the church. I ask my friend, give me a Bible. You can imagine a Muslim asking Christian, give me a Bible. And instead of Christian giving Bible, Muslims are asking, give us a Bible. You know, it's reminding me in, in Acts chapter 16, when Paul saw a vision of the Macedonia, Macedonia uh, guy. In his dream, or in his vision, this guy is calling Paul, and the verse said in chapter 16, he begged Paul, please come and help us. Please, church, go and help people. Don't come to the church to hear good two signs and good sermon and you go to sleep and tomorrow you will die. Is this your life? Or you wanted to leave legacy? 
This guy was partner with God. This lady, she was carrying the good news. And my church invited me to a conference in Alexandria. And in the conference, a guy preaching, saying, Jesus can change you. Jesus can change your life. It started touching me. And I said, you know what? Let me test this Jesus. I took a side and on my knee I said, Lord, if this guy really saying the truth, change me. I'm ready. In fact, I was thinking he will change my hair, my eyes, color. He will make me more handsome, you know. <laughs> that, that's the good thing about Muslims. They take everything literally. You know, I, I, I was not Christian. I didn't know this is spiritual stuff, but I take it literally. <laughs> Jesus can change me. I took a side on my knee. I said, Lord, if this guy telling that change me, I am looking for change in Islam for 23 years, and I'm still a sinner. I'm still the same. Change me. Change me. And while I'm praying, I didn't pray anything else. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. And boom, shower by the Holy Spirit came over me, shaking me and filling me with joy and break my chain. And I became a new person in Christ. Amen. You can clap for Jesus. And I started speaking in tongues. And, you know, I'm in Presbyterian church. <laughs> you can imagine tongue in the Presbyterian church. You know, and uh, in fact, I forgot to tell you something funny. When I told my friend, take me to your church, he afraid to take me to his church. He thought I would put a bomb in his church. He decided to take me to a different church. Look how Christians love each other. Don't bomb my church, bomb the other church. It's okay. <laughs> See how fear is, is, is paralyzing people even today in our culture. And I'm praying with God's grace, after today, your chain will be broken and no fear in your life or your heart. Because you, Jesus, is powerful God. He can break every chain. He can break all chain and set you free like he did with me. And I'm telling Christian, if you didn't believe your pastor that Jesus changed, if you didn't believe the Bible, look at me. Muhammad Camel standing telling you Jesus Change me. And he did. And everything changed. And I decided to turn Egypt upside down. I will not be a, a chicken Christian like my friend. And I start praying, Lord, use my life. And I make my commitment. Ten, ten people every day. And sometimes I will go to a bus, stand in the bus, crowded, and start chatting. Hey, guys! Have you heard about Jesus? Can you do like this? I know you are quiet, but you know, that's, that's what happened to me. I was deceived. 
I didn't know God is my daddy. I was lost for 23 years. I was serving other God. Allah has no mercy over even Muslim. He doesn't love Muslim. No love in Islam. You see, in, in, uh, in chapter 19, verse 71, in the Quran, that's the Quran. It's not me. You know, some Muslims, they get upset with me. I tell them, it's not me. It's your Quran saying that. In chapter uh, 19, verse 71, it said, all Muslims are going to hell. And it's Allah decree. Go talk with your Allah, my Muslim friend. You know, but my God said, God so loved the world. And whoever come to him, he will get eternal life. And he sacrificed his, his own son to redeem us. And that's why I felt like I will not be silent. This is incredible. Good news. Everybody need to know. And I started jumping from a bus to bus, from taxi to taxi, and I count how many people I share the gospel every night before I sleep. I made my commitment, 10. If I found I did share with eight people and I'm missing two, do you know what I would do? I would go back to the street, I stop a taxi, and they go inside the taxi, and guess who is number nine? The taxi driver. Good. And after I share with him, give him a Bible or a track, I will ask him to drop me a couple of blocks. And then I will take another taxi going home on number 10. That's making me sleep in peace. I share with him. How many people are you sharing with every day? How many? How many? Can you pray today and say, Lord, give me one tomorrow to share the gospel with tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday. And next week, make it two. Make it three. Until you get it to 10, 20. And church, I'm telling you, you have a good news. You have a good news. And that's why 2 Kings 7, 9 said, those lepers, they said, today is the day of good news. And we remain, we are not doing right. Just church, be honest. You called yourself a Christian. And you didn't talk about your master, about your God. You are not Christian. You are anything else. If you say I'm Christian, you need to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And I start going to high-rising building, and I will go inside the elevator, and the minute the door closed, I start sharing the gospel with people. I have a captive audience. And you can see the door. When the door is open, everybody running, you know. After a year and a half, turning Egypt upside down. I was in a taxi, and I shared the gospel with eight people in the taxi. They left. I stayed with the taxi driver 
And by the way, if you traveling, if you taking taxi, taxi driver are the best people. They will listen to you. You know, I encourage you to talk with taxi driver. You know, and you will find out most of them here in America are from Middle East, from Afghanistan, Iran, you know, Ethiopia. You know, and they are here. They are in your own backyard. You don't need to go to Syria, Egypt, Iraq, and fear, you know, what is going on. They are here. 15 million Muslims living here in America. And they're building mosques around you. You know, and I wanted to teach you three keys. If you see any Muslim around you and you wanted to share the gospel with, there are three good keys, and I wanted you to remember this. When you see any Muslim in any supermarket, the first key, don't tell the Bible. Okay? Talk about food. When you meet any Muslim, tell them, hey, where are you from? From Iraq, from Iraq. I love Middle Eastern food. And they start talking, how you guys cook this food? That's the good topic and subject Muslim like to get involved in. Don't try to talk political or, you know, uh, religious. Or just talk about food. Second key, invite yourself to their home. In our culture, you can invite yourself to me, to my house. Say if Barack met me and I didn't know him and we start talking, became friends, you know. He can say, Daniel, I wanted to come and eat uh, dinner at your home. I will call my wife, hey, I met Barack and prepare food. We are coming. That's that quickly. You can invite yourself to Middle Eastern homes. I know you didn't believe me, but, but this is Jesus' way. This is Jesus' way. You remember when he saw Zacchaeus over the tree? What Jesus told him? Come on, church. You what? Oh, well, he invited himself. I'm coming to get down. That's our culture. That's Jesus' way. Okay? And if I meet Barak and tell him, hey, Barak, I'm coming to your home tonight with my wife, he might grab his phone and say, let us schedule it for six months from now to, no, I'm kidding, you know. But this is typical American culture. But in our culture, I'm giving you three keys. It will reach anyone in Middle East. Food, invite yourself, and again, even you go to their home, and if they kill you, you're going to heaven. Right? What are you afraid of? What 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 you afraid of? And instead of dying by cholesterol or high blood pressure or heart attack, you know, you you dying for Christ. No, I'm kidding. They will, nobody will kill you. I, I'm still alive. I'm going to mosque. I'm going to uh, high uh, names in Middle East, sitting with them in their homes, and they protect me. If you come to a Muslim home, you are protected. That's our culture. And uh, third key. Third key, when you go to their home, tell them 
can I, I do an interview about Islam with you? I need to interview you. And I have an interview, 50 questions I prepare. Uh, you can divide it to five times. Don't take the whole 50 questions one day. Muslim love interview. You know, say, okay, brother, what's your name, brother? Pat. If I met you in the street and say, yeah, I know. Uh, if I met you in, 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 uh, in the street uh, and uh, I tell you, are you Christian? You Christian? Good. Can I interview you about Christianity? You would like to do that? Why? Great. Muslim are the same. If you tell them I wanted to do interview about Islam, they will love this. Because they wanted to reach out to you with Islam. Now, you built a friend, talking about food, you are in their home, and in their home, you are protected. You can pray, you can talk about Jesus, you can do the interview, and that's what hundreds of Christians, I train, and the winning Muslim to their churches and in the community. It just take one word, break the fear, do not be afraid, because you have Jesus in your life, and Jesus will have your back. And I know we're running out of time, that's why I encourage you to take uh, a copy of my book, but they arrested me, this guy, the taxi driver, and instead uh, he told me, uh, why are you sharing the gospel with me? Uh, did you ever see a Muslim became a Christian. I said, yeah. He said, if you show me one, I will go to church with you. I said, me. He said, no, you're lying. You are a Christian. And you, 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 you tried to get me to the church. I said, no, here is my ID. And he saw my ID, Muhammad Kamel. And it's required in Egyptian ID uh, to mark one of two boxes, a Muslim or a Christian. And he saw Muslim box is checked. And my name by itself, Muhammad Kamel, is a Muslim. No Christian will call himself Muhammad, you know. And I told him, do you like to, to come to my church like you promised? He said, yeah, give me the address. I gave him the address, but he didn't show up in the church. He went to the secret police, and he reported me. And the secret police came to the church, and they arrested me. And my pastor wanted me to... Uh, uh, run from the back door of, of the church. I told him, no, 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 no. I'm excited to be meeting and witness to the secret police. And I went with them. And they interrogated me three days. And finally, they decided to uh, transfer me to the attorney general of all Egypt, who has the power to put me in prison or to release me. And I went to his office, and his name is Hisham Hamouda, and he's still alive until today. And he started interrogating me. I prayed. I am in prayer. I said, Lord, give me a message for this guy. You didn't brought me here for him to waste my time interrogating me, but you have a message. What do you want me to share with him? And boom, the Lord gave me three questions. I told him, Mr. Hisham, I will make this conversation very simple and quick. 
I will ask you three questions. If you answer them, I will go back to Islam and I will renounce my faith in Jesus. If you didn't answer them, you need to take Christianity serious and read the Bible. And he said, okay, go ahead. Because this is the attorney general of all Egypt. This guy knows all religion. And uh, now, instead of him interrogating me, I am now interrogating him. I will ask you three questions. You know, the first question, Mr. Hisham, does Allah love you? He said, I don't know. Because there is no verse in the Quran saying Allah loves sinners. And then I told him the second question. If you died today, where are you going? Heaven or hell? He said, I didn't know. Because there is no promise of heaven in the Quran unless you kill yourself in jihad and you died in suicide bombing, then you will go to heaven according to the Quran. But still, if you study the Quran well, you will see a doubt. Those people, they didn't study even the Quran good. Anyway, I told him, where are you going if you died? He said, I didn't know. I told him the third question. Is Allah can change you in Islam? He said, no. Allah will never change anybody. You change yourself. I told him, Mr. Hisham, did you notice your answer? Allah does not love you. He will not take you to heaven. And he can't. Why are you following Allah Islam? Give me one reason why you're following Allah in Islam. And I will renounce my faith in Christ. Then he turned the table and he asked me the same three questions. He said, is God loves you in Christianity? I said, of course. God loves me. He died for me. He came from heaven, died on the cross for my sin. He said, where are you going if you died? I said, I'm going to heaven. And I can prove it to you in your office. And the guy's eyes was big and had soldier around with guns. I told him, I will prove it to you in your office now. He said, how? I said, I know who you are. You are the attorney general of all Egypt with your signature. I will go behind the sun. I will disappear. Even if you do that, I am not afraid of you. You can tell. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of anything you can do against me because I know I'm going to my daddy, to heaven. Then he asked me the third question. Is God changing people in Christianity? I said, of course. That's why I am in your office. <laughs> why do you think you arrested me for? Because I am changed. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and I was 23 years. I have nothing to, to uh, read or just two years after I became a Christian, or a year and a half. I just have Jesus in my heart. And I'm proud that Jesus saved me and he made me his child. I am a child of God. And uh, he signed my paper to put me for unlimited time in the prison, solitary confinement. 
No bed, no cover, no toilet, no shower. My toilet was a coffee can with sharp edges. I used to take my shoes, cover the edges to use it as a toilet. I can't change my clothes, bugs, you know. Uh, the Egyptian prison, it's really like uh, Mexican prison. You didn't want it to spend a night in the Mexican prison or in Middle Eastern prison, you know. And uh, I was excited. I am in prison for the Lord. And they locked me. said, we will him. And guess what? All the prisoners has free time from morning until 5 o'clock, except me. My room was closed. All prisoners became suspicious. They start thinking this guy is a very dangerous man. <laughs> because when, when they lock a prisoner 24 hours, solitary confinement, it is dangerous. And they started sneaking in their free time from my small door and asking me, what's your crime? And I would say, a Muslim became a Christian. And everyone said, what? What? you crazy? And hundreds of prisoners started coming one after one, one after one. And I started sharing how Jesus saved my life. The whole prison heard about Jesus. And they called me Bishop Muhammad. That's my, my nickname. Every prisoner will talk to us. Go listen to Bishop Muhammad. You know, Bishop Muhammad has stories about Jesus. And it's like Paul in the prison. You know, and I start sharing with them stories from the Bible. How, God, how, how Jesus heals the sick. Raise the dead. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can change your life. And all of this from my small window. You didn't have a small window. You have a big window. You have a lot of freedom. But I used my small freedom this time to impact the people around me. Guys, I'm really crying to look at churches and Christians today. Where is the church in fire for Christ, ready to die for Jesus? Witnessing every fire from heaven coming. The sick is healed. The dead is raised. Because we lost our faith. He thought this is just a book that's been written 2,000 years. But I, I need hours to share with you, your Jesus is powerful. You know, I will end with this story. Uh, in fact, two stories, but I will select one story of them. And we got first son, a boy, uh, in America after we left Egypt uh, to Spain. And from Spain, we came here. And the Lord blessed us with Joshua, one year old. When he was one year old, my wife was in a house uh, with a swimming pool, 
She was uh, helping other children. She forgot about my son. And my son was just learning how to walk. And the house has swimming pool in the backyard. He was able to walk and push the door and he fell down and he died. And for half an hour, she was not aware where he is. And after half an hour, she was calling, Josh, Josh, Joshua, Joshua, no response. She looked at the backyard, Joshua in the swimming pool. And she grabbed him and she was crying and uh, she called me, your son is dead. Your son is dead. Your son is dead. It's terrible phone call to receive. I was in a pastor meeting at Costa Mesa Calvary Chapel at that time in Orange County. And a pastor put me in his car and we went where she is. Multitude of people and uh, ambulance and fire truck. And she is on the ground. And she taking all the dirt over her head. And she hitting her face. She cut her uh, dress two pieces. That's our culture. It's really terrible when you, when you lose a child. You know, especially your firstborn. And she was crying and I came down and I hugged her and I saw crying with her. And while I'm crying, the Lord started reminding me with this verse. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When I start hearing this verse in, in my spirit and my mind, Jesus is the same. What does that mean? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing can stop Jesus from a miracle. He heals the sick yesterday. He raised the dead yesterday. He can do it today and he can do it tomorrow. That's the Bible. And that's what I start. Be open. And I received in my spirit. And I heard him telling me, go pray for your son. Don't cry. I'm the same. And they put him in the body bag. They seal him. And they having all uh, yellow robe around him. And when I start approaching, they told me, no, no, this is excellent scene. You can't come. And the other pastor said, he is the dad of the child. They allow me to come a little bit close. I kneel. And I prayed very small prayer. It came to my spirit. Lord, show me your glory. I wanted to see your glory, Lord. And boom, my son started crying from inside the bag. And they opened the bag. And he started crying more and more and more. They said, we need to take him to the hospital. And we would check him. And they took him to the hospital. And the doctor came with water like this. And he told me, don't put your hope high. Your son will be vegetable. And by the way, your English is weird. Yeah. <laughs> My son will be vegetable? I know vegetables are the one we eat. But how come my son will be vegetable? And my friend told me he will have a brain damage. And the doctor started saying he will lose his sight. He will not remember you. Or he will lose his hearing. Don't put your hope high. You see all of this water? Came from his lungs. I went. 
I said, Lord, you hear the, the doctor. You never raise someone and he's still vegetable. Lord, I am dedicating my life, everything in my life for you. Heal my son completely. And I will go everywhere you're calling me to. And guess what? After a couple of hours, start waking Joshua. He was connected to machines and wires and all of this uh, technical stuff. And I started calling him, Josh, Josh, Josh. Suddenly he opened his eyes and he did like that to me. That's how we play. We teach our kids when they are young, do like this. And the minute he did that, the Lord told me, he is healed. He recognized you. We grab him from the bed, start shouting, Jesus, healed my son, Jesus, healed my all the machine stop peeping in the nursing. And they rush, you crazy, what are you doing? Jesus healed my son. Jesus healed my son. And they said, okay, let us examine your son. And they start examining him, and the doctor came and said, you know what? I heard about miracle. Today, I saw one. Your son is completely healed. I need to keep him 24 hours. And if tomorrow nothing happened, you can take your son and go in peace. And we know we will take him the second day. Because God's hands is not short to save or to heal. And second day we got him and guess what? No brain damage. He has a teenager brain damage, but that's okay. You know, we can deal with this, but th that's fine. You know, take us years, you know. But I am telling you, your God is awesome God. You know, and I can, you know, in Africa, when we go to Africa, oh, people staying for three, four, five hours. And we sharing and, uh, you know, meeting after meeting. It's joy to share about what Jesus is doing. And I encourage you tonight. I didn't know where you are in your life, but I know God touched you. Somehow, during my story, you got touched by something. Receive it. Receive it and tell the Lord, Lord, maybe you need change. You need to believe. Maybe you need a miracle. Tell him you are the same Lord. You know, this Bible, your word telling us, you are the healer. You are the healer. You can heal any sickness. Maybe you have a cancer. Maybe you have any kind of disease. I don't know. But why God sent me today to share with you, to encourage you, to reminding you, I am still working. I am still working. I am alive. Jesus is working and he said my father is working and I am working church put your faith in Christ put your trust in God let us close our eyes together tonight and just talk with your heavenly father talk with the Lord tell him Lord
come to my heart tonight. If you never, if you never received Christ seriously in your life before, call him, call him tonight. Tell him, Lord, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you tonight. You are welcome to come to my and change me. Lord, I accept you. I accept you. I accept your Holy Spirit, your power. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I'm a sinner. I blow it. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. And I guarantee something is happening right now in your heart. If you are honest with the Lord, the Lord is here. The Lord's presence is here. And he brought you tonight with divine appointment. It's not by an accident. You know, I supposed to be here two, three months ago. Somehow, uh, the, the time changed. And uh, today is the day of you. Your day today. Your birthday is today to be born by the Father, by the Holy Spirit, and to be a child of God. If, if, you, if you are here and praying this for the first time, just raise your hand and I will pray with you. I will not tell you stand. Just raise your hand this way. I will pray for you. If you wanted to accept the Christ for the first time in Raise your hand. Amen. Okay, who is else? Raise your hand and say, pray with me, Daniel. And I will pray with you. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of God. Jesus, he hung on the cross between heaven and earth. And he was only thinking about you. Who else would like to give his life to Christ? Just show me with your hand. Okay, Lord, I pray, Lord, for everyone here tonight. If someone never had any relationship with you, just uh, keep knocking on his door. And Lord, I pray for this person who raised his hand and put it down. Lord, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will come now and uh, you will change this person completely in Jesus' name. And if you are a Christian and you need power and you need to dedicate your life for Christ, tell him, Lord, I'm sorry because I was chicken Christian. I'm no longer a chicken Christian. Lord, I pray to pour your Holy Spirit in a special way tonight and make me bold. Help me, Lord, to witness to my community, to witness to my friend, my neighbor, my coworker. Pray and pray and pray for the Holy Spirit to take over your life. Tell him, Lord, any fear from my heart. Tell him, Lord, from today, I will follow you. I will follow you. 
I will not be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of salvation. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. Go out, spread the gospel. Amen. Can we give him another hand? What we would like to, that's a hard act to follow, so we'd like to just have a song of response. So we just ask you to stand and worship. It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir It's all God's children singing glory, glory Hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns It's all God's children singing glory, glory Hallelujah, He reigns he reigns, and let it rise up the winds, caught up in the heavenly sound. Let praises echo from the towers of the cathedrals to the faithful gathered underground. Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation, some were meant to resist. Of all the bells rung from a thousand steeples, none ring truer than this. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah. He reigns, he reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah. He reigns, he reigns. And all the powers of darkness and tremble at what they just heard. Because all the powers of darkness can't drown out a single word. When all God's children sing out glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns. He reigns, God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah. He reigns, he reigns, it's all God's children sing now glory, glory, hallelujah. He reigns, he reigns, 
It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah. He reigns, he reigns, amen. You guys are all dismissed. Thank you all for coming out. And thank you, Daniel, for sharing your story. And thank you. You're, you're almost, almost dismissed. Almost dismissed. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you'd like to check out any of Daniel's information, it's out here uh, in front of the information board. Uh, Daniel's going to be hanging around for a few minutes after service, so feel free to stop by and talk to him. And keep, Would you mind coming up here again, brother, really quickly? Uh, before he leaves, uh, we're just going to pray over him and over his uh, ministry as we continue to support him and the work he's doing uh, with the Muslim people. And so if you feel comfortable, just feel free to reach out a hand as we uh, lay hands as a church upon Daniel. And so, Father God, we lift up our brother, Daniel, Messiah. We pray for him and open the gates ministry. Father, thank you so much for his testimony. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you're up to in his life. Thank you for the way that you can transform lives from the inside out. Lord, there is no other religion, there is no other God that desires to have a relationship like you do. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you for being the true and living God in our life. We thank you for changing us from the inside out. And we pray specifically for Daniel that you would continue to lead him as he seeks to speak into the lives of the Muslim people. Lord Jesus, thank you for his message. Thank you for the reminder that we are called not to be chickens. We are called to go, therefore, and make disciples of all men. So, Father God, please give us the boldness, the courage to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We'll see you later.